Good morning. Lovely to see you all. Um, I'm sure we've all got our own story on this theme, but this is mine from about 15 years ago. Uh, we were living in Hove, down on the south coast, and we'd taken our youth group swimming uh, one evening. They were all in the pool enjoying themselves, and some of the leaders were sitting um, behind at tables having a cup of tea, and I was going in the water, so I took my glasses off and handed them back for safekeeping and started making my way into the water. And it was one of those ones where it went from uh, shallow to deeper. And as I went in, I saw two of my friends sitting on the side like this, uh, Keir and Abby, and they were chatting to each other. Well, they were good friends. I did what you do with good friends. I went over to them and started splashing them with water, throwing water and kicking water all over them. And the funny thing was is that they didn't jump up and come and get me and do the same back to me. They just sat there looking back a bit confused. So I moved closer to have a look and I realised to my horror that it wasn't Kira and Abby but two complete strangers, people I'd never seen before. I was so embarrassed. I started doing that, oh I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I turned to go back to the safety and the comfort, uh, the sanctuary of my fellow leaders behind and as I turned back, well, my friends, what were they doing but laughing their heads off as they'd seen it all play out, my misfortune in front of them. Well, mistaking the identity of that young couple that evening didn't really matter. They got wet, I got embarrassed. It wasn't the end of the world. But to mistake Jesus' identity to uh, really does matter. That's what we're going to see in our story this morning. And we must learn from the mistakes of others to see Jesus who he, for who he really is and how much we all need him. I'm calling this morning, this morning, cheers and sneers that bring tears. Cheers and sneers that bring tears. We all know what cheers are. Way Tears. Mm. Sneers. Well, that's a slightly more difficult word. That's a, that's a word when we use, uh, when we're angry, when we disapprove, we don't like something and we pull an angry face. Uh, so in our story, we'll see people cheering Jesus, sneering at Jesus. And Jesus himself moved to tears because they don't get him. They mistake his identity. They don't understand who he truly is. Or do I? Do you? Will we, this morning, seek to see Jesus for who he truly is? Today I will be reading from Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, starting at verses 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went, 
and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus and threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the mountain of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully pray to praise the Lord God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had known on this day what would bring you peace. So now it is hidden from your eyes. Uh, when my children were young, this was our favourite book, You Choose. I don't know about them, but it was certainly mine. And it's full of colourful pages, full of colourful pictures, inviting you to choose. So, who would you like for family and friends? Perhaps a caveman or a pirate, maybe a cowboy. What kind of home would you choose? Maybe a spaceship or a windmill, a cave. Quite like the idea of a castle. And that got me thinking, uh, you boys and girls at home, imagine you were in charge of the menu for the day and you could choose uh, what to eat for breakfast, lunch and dinner. What would you go for? I'll tell you what, I'll enjoy my book for a few moments and you at home, think among yourselves what you would have on your menu. When we're young, those choices can make good sense. I don't know, ice cream for breakfast, ice cream for lunch, ice cream for dinner. But grown-ups, mums and dads, know that healthy foods, fruit and vegetables, are essential for healthy bodies, healthy living. But you know, grown-ups can make bad, wrong choices too. We can think we know what's best, what we need, but how can we be sure we're not just like the, the young child making bad choices about what to eat? Well, what about when it comes to God? If we can choose family and friends, why not choose God? Well, of course, the very idea is a nonsense, isn't it? 
but isn't that what we do? We can look at God and think, you're not making a very good job of running the world. This is how you should do it. Well, let's think for a moment and uh, imagine that we could choose uh, the king, the God that we'd have rule over us. What would they be like? What kind of life would they give us? Well, I asked my friend Justin to uh, do a page for us and he's done a brilliant job here with some ideas. The king we'd choose for ourselves. So we'd enjoy good health, especially with all this sickness around at the moment, how we uh, need good health and wealth, money, having the money to do what we would love to do, to buy exciting things, holidays and everything. Happiness. Don't we long for to be happy and peace? Uh, no more war. No more war across the world, no more war in the home. And freedom, how we uh, value our freedom. Now we're locked up in our homes, unable to go out and love. Love as it should be, unbroken love. Well, those pictures, those pictures uh, show us the world we all long for. That's the God. That's the King I'd vote for. But because that isn't our experience today, well, we can doubt God's goodness, his very existence. We can lay the blame for all the sadnesses, the difficulties of our world at his door. Well, we're going to sing again. And when we come back, we're going to hopefully learn from the mistakes of others to see how Jesus makes sense of these things. Remember, we're thinking this morning about cheers and sneers that bring tears. How many times have we been told by mums and dads, grown-ups, that it's going to all end in tears? Well, of course, that's exactly how our story does end this morning. And they're not any old tears, but Jesus' tears. Just three times in the Gospels, we're told that Jesus is moved to tears at the death of his friend Lazarus uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane and here as he enters Jerusalem. So why? What's going on? What does Jesus find so deeply upsetting about this uh, wonderful welcome at this wonderful time? Because tens, hundreds of men, women, boys and girls have been coming from all over to celebrate the Passover. It's party time! As they remember God's great act of rescue from their nation's past. Well, for three years, Jesus has been teaching about the kingdom of God. And through his words and miracles, he's been, uh, piece by piece, he's helping the people uh, be clear about his identity, who he is, that he really is Messiah, God's long-awaited promised king. And many of those who, are follow who have been following Jesus get it. They get him. So no wonder they're cheering as he enters. They're cheering him on. Jesus, you're the business. Just as uh, God saved 
his people from those ghastly Egyptians back at the Passover, well, you're going to save us now from these ghastly Romans. Remember, they were living under Roman occupation, so I think we should give, uh, have a cheer, shouldn't we? We've been cheering the NHS this week, so why don't we make some noise in our homes? See which family in your home, after three, can make the loudest cheer. One, two, three. Hooray! Wonderful. I know Jesus doesn't look much like a king here, uh, riding on a donkey. But to us he looks ridiculous, dare I say pathetic. But if we knew our Bibles, we would know that this was just how it was all going to play out. Uh, the donkey, uh, the palm branches, the cloaks spread on the floor, a bit like we roll out uh, red carpets for our rulers now. But if we look If we look carefully in the crowd, we'll see that there are some who aren't cheering. <sighs> who do you think you are, Jesus? Stop these people cheering, worshipping you now. It's blasphemy. It's offence to God. Why don't we have some fun uh, in our homes now, seeing who can make the most angriest face. Look around the room at each other. Well, let me um, read from the Bible how Jesus replies to such people. Jesus says, verse 40, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. It is right to welcome Jesus into their city, into our lives. Indeed, it is so right that if we don't, uh, Jesus is powerful enough to make these stones speak, this cold, dead stone speak, cry out in praise. Do I want Jesus to think more highly of this stone than of me? No, of course I don't. Cheers and sneers that bring tears. Of course, at the sneers from those who angrily oppose Jesus uh, that day were the cause of his tears. But tragically, and here's the surprise, it was much of the cheering as well. Because fast forward a couple of days and we discover that many of those who were cheering in welcome of Jesus, many of those cheers of welcome have become cheers of hatred. As people cry out, crucify him, crucify him. The more I live, the more certain I am that one of the best qualities we can have is to be a good listener, uh, listening to one another and listening to Jesus as we read our Bibles. Because in his three years of his earthly ministry, uh, many hadn't listened to him carefully. Yes, of course, we want health and wealth and happiness. That's the king we'd choose to give us the life we want. But if they'd only listened to Jesus, if we'd only listen, we'd hear, we'd see that those things are coming, 
Uh, but we must be patient. We must understand that the way they come is through the king that God chooses for us. And here he is, another slide from Justin. Not in a million years would we ever choose a king who was poor, a king who was prepared to uh, look weak, a king who was prepared to be uh, mistreated and abused, to suffer and ultimately die. Would you ever choose a king like that? I certainly wouldn't. And as Jesus enters the city on that first Palm Sunday, Jerusalem, home to the temple, representing the glorious meeting place on earth between man and God, he knows he's walking to his own execution. But the tears running down his face aren't for himself. No, they're for those there, they're for us. For those of us who uh, won't receive this king that God chooses for us, Jesus, the king that we all need, who suffers and dies in our place. We live in a world of uh, great suffering with or without coronavirus. God has promised and will deliver the life we all hope and long for. But will we listen and see the path to that life is one of suffering as Jesus goes to the cross and we follow in his steps. As Easter week begins uh, this week, will we welcome Jesus with cheers of praise? He is after all uh, the king we all long for, the king we need, yet weeping with him too as he helps us to see and understand the world as he sees it. Cheers and sneers that bring tears.